live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Launch J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. up in here in the booth i know you i know you're listening to rampage if you're out there listening call call bus and be like yo we got to get lance J in on this on this flip mode reunion tour that we're going to do in 2022 i want i want a piece of that action i want to be i want to be up in there with with spliff and Ra and the landlord and then all the conglomerate people prayer all of those all of those guys dope music Coming from 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 both sides of, of Bus's camp, I'm gonna be I want to be a part of that rampage. Make it happen. Get 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 money, Marche on the phone, and say, "Yo, man, we gonna we gonna give Lance J four bars on the next flip mode album." And with those four bars, I will parlay that into the next Drake esque career. It'd be the best. It'd be the best four bars in the history. Hip hop, I give you, I give you my all for for four bars. Speaking of individuals, I was playing a little bit of Mob Deep, and uh, right back at you for Mob Deep on the famous, the infamous album. So, speaking of someone who's infamous and and is getting the right back at you treatment, I'm reading this from NBC News. I don't, I don't read a lot from NBCNews.com. The Facebook papers documents reveal internal fury and dissent over site's policies. Thousands of leaked documents highlight employees' disillusionment with spread of misinformation and calls to violence. Francis Hagen, H-A-U-G-E-N, who worked as a Facebook product manager until May, has come forward as a whistleblower and provided internal Facebook documents to Congress and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, if you ever watched Wolf of Wall Street, or pretty much any movie about boiler rooms or people who got filthy, rotten, rich, overnight, private jet, Lambo living, country club lifestyle. Once the SEC, and I don't mean I don't mean Alabama football. I don't mean Georgia, the number one team in the land, Georgia. Once the SEC, I don't mean Tim Tebow. But when the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, comes for you, that's really, really, really bad. You you don't beat the, the SEC. You don't beat them in football either. But you really, really don't beat them, the feds, when they start snooping around. And they usually, they don't come for you unless they have an airtight case. So the Securities and Exchange Commission, they're not worried about 
the hundred thousand dollars that you made off of Bitcoin or off a of GameStop or any of these overnight sensations. They are, are coming for the big fish. And when they start circling, whether it's Facebook or Amazon or or any of these multi-billionaire supervillains, that's that's not good. Companies always get too big. It's the history of the world says companies get so big. Times evolve, times change. I mean, it's, it's, it's Sears is out of business. U.S. Steel is not what it used to be. GM is a GM. I don't I don't even know if GM's in business. But if they are still in business, GM is not a major player like it once was. I mean, most people rather get have a have a have a Range Rover. <laughs> most people rather have a Honda Accord. Most people rather have a, a daggone Kia Sorento. But you don't see people lined up to buy GM cars. Anymore. But once upon a time, you would think that Ford and GM, they would have a monopoly in the United States forever. They'd be the best ever. Who drives a Ford unless it's a pickup truck? And if you want to get an F-150, if you're trying to move cargo from one side of town to the other, Ford is the best that you have to offer. But if you can afford to get a GT Mustang, you can afford to get a Porsche. Or you can afford to get a Range Rover. Or you can afford to get a Lamborghini. Or you could afford to get one of these other luxury, high-end European cars that have much a much better reputation in the market. So, reading back to this article, hours after the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol, Mike Schroffer, Facebook's CTO, Chief Technology Officer, posted on the company's internal message board, hanging there everyone he wrote, Facebook should allow for peaceful discussion of the riot, but not calls for violence. His post was met with scathing replies from employees who blamed the company for what was happening. I'm struggling to match my values to my employment here. I'm sure an employee wrote in comment. I'm sure that employee was still catching the checks, though, so I'm not big on that. His name was redacted in a version seen by NBC News. I came here hoping to affect change and improve society, but all I've seen is atrophy and the abdication of responsibility. Another employee asked, how are we expected to ignore when leadership overrides research-based policy Decisions to better serve people like the groups inciting violence today. The comments openly challenged the company's leadership with a not-so-subtle message. Facebook's well-documented problems in abetting violent polarization and encouraging the spread of misinformation weren't getting fixed despite the company's investments and promises. This is where Lance J. chimes in. Facebook is here to incite theater. Now, I'm not going to say anything inflammatory. See, the show's getting so big, I don't want to get sued. I definitely want to get sued by Facebook. But social media, in general, is not good for you. Social media does not exist to make you happy. It doesn't exist to make, it doesn't exist to make your daughter feel better about her body. It doesn't exist to make you feel better about the opposing political party's agenda. So if you're a Trumper, you hate Black Lives Matter's guts. Social media is not here to make that feel better. Social media is not here to say, hey, you know, I actually understand that people don't want to be shot over a counterfeit $20 bill, whether that's true or not. I actually understand that there are people that think a black person pulled over by the police shouldn't end in tragedy if they have a broken taillight or that someone running away from a child support warrant 
shouldn't be gunned down from 50 feet away. And if you're on the other side of that coin, Facebook, Instagram, it's not here to make you feel that mid-America, flyover country, the red states have a modicum or one iota of concern about what's going on on the coastal communities, especially in black and brown communities. So they want you to hate Wisconsinites and Michiganders and Iowans, if that's the word. They want you to think that every every town in between D.C. and San Francisco is a sundown town where you can't enter if you're African-American. That's what social media is for. Social media is to make your daughter think that she's not good looking enough. Social media is to make your son think that he's not tall enough and not a good enough ball player because he can't he can't dunk on a fast break between his legs like Jimmy Gatwick. Look it up. Jimmy Gatwick's pretty awesome, for the record. Social media is supposed to make you think that everybody's living a better life than you. Everybody has a more beautiful family than you. They got a nicer house. They drive a nice car. You see the pictures with their family. Everybody's smelling and stuff. Meanwhile, you have no idea that three minutes before they took the picture, the baby was vomiting all over the place, and the two brothers and sisters were having a rock'em, sock'em, one-on-one, mano-a-mano fight in the backyard because it's all about putting up a front. It's a scam. It's to create an illusion of a reality that does not exist. And unfortunately, I've been I've been going through a lot with my family. I've been moving away from social media. I have to promote the show. But you don't see me on social media talking about my personal life and stuff like that much anymore because I cannot live in this false reality right now. I can't look at people who are pretending that their life is great when I know that their life is miserable. I can't look at people pretending to have more money than they have or better shoe collection than they have or whatever material things they want. And then people projecting their religious beliefs and the premise of Caucasian Jesus onto the masses. So Zuckerberg's a lot of hot water with the feds and I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I know that Zuckerberg has billions of dollars, but he's not going to beat the feds. If the feds, if the feds want to break up Facebook and Monopoly, they're going to break it up. Feds win, you lose. Once you get enough money, enough power, feds say, hey, we're going to break that up. So if it wasn't this whistleblower, it would be something else. But the feds are going to say, hey, you can't be bigger than us. But, 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 but. Listeners out there, use, use your common sense. These social engineering programs are deliberate. If you're single and you identify as single, you're going to get every single picture of someone that's happily in wedded bliss to make you feel worse about yourself. If you hate Black Lives Matter, you're going to get as many posts from Fox News and Breitbart about how there there were 20 shootings on the south side of Chicago on Saturday night. And that, and that the mayor of Chicago is a BLM supporter. And this is what happens. Liberals are coming to your town to ruin your town and turn it into a war zone. Like the South Side of Chicago. If you're an anti-vaxxer, you're going to get a lot of messages from, from people saying that, hey, anyone that takes the vaccine has accepted the market of beast. And that these liberals want to come into your town, they want to force you into a gulag if you won't take the vaccine, that's deliberate social engineering. 
So I don't I don't know what the feds are gonna do, but rather Zuckerberg, whoever owns is a clubhouse, Instagram, I know Instagram's uh owned by Facebook now. Amazon, all of these companies, that's their agenda. They can't go full communism. I mean, they can't buy the roads and, and they can't force you into into four years of uh it's not like Hitler youth. It's not like they're indoctrinating you to force you into it's not like Genghis Khan or they force you military service. What they do is they engineer you. They tell you that you're not good enough. They tell you that everybody's happier than you, smarter than you, better than you. Politics are better than you. They incite hate. They incite depression. And then they watch the world burn to a crisp from their penthouse. That's what this is all about. That's the point of these programs. So when the chickens come home to roost, I don't know how people are angry. If you don't want to be exposed to that stuff, my advice would be to just turn it the hell off. Then you're not exposed to those things. Then you're actually able to have a positive self-image. You're able to feel good about yourself. You're not embroiled in all of these political discussions and all this anger and all this vitriol and all this hate. Unplug from that nonsense. Lance J Show. Paragon, Paragon 7, Seven Studios. Studios. Mr. McDowell. What is it? Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son, I'm just going to tell you this one time. Yes, sir. You want to keep working here. Stay off the drugs. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Ate off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told you, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south of the Hudson, New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake pseudonyms, yeah. I'm true. Bad, mine travels like a schizo with two tabs with do-rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to IndustriousOffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on us when you book a tour at IndustriousOffice.com. You don't know me. Probably never will. But I need you to do something for me. Something that could literally change everything. You'll never get a thank you card. And yet, I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me, I'll do it for you. And for every single person you love. Deal? This is our shot to leave COVID behind. Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios.
we've had a we've had a real jam-packed week in the Landstay Radio Network. I had David Meyer in earlier this week to talk about CMSs and Medicare's new star rating. We're doing we're doing all healthcare all the time, so I'm 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 tabling Isaac some of my poorest sports takes. Okay. And, and hot takes for for similar to that you would hear on the Four Letter Network. And we're really focusing on health this week. Good. Uh, shout out to Good. our sponsors at at EpiSource and all of our listeners on WOL on Radio One Urban One Networks out of Washington D.C. So I have Isaac Palmer with me. It's always a pleasure when he's in the booth. And we're continuing. I'm gonna hand it over to him. We're go- we're continuing our series. Of you know, this is a black men's health corner, or just really a safe space. Yeah, where, where yeah, we've had people to, to come in and talk about their health experiences. People have called in from all over the country and, and shared some riveting stories, getting a lot of good feedback about that. So I want to turn it over to Isaac. I know that we have a, a, a guest. Yeah, this we got evening that's that's going to chat with us. We got Mike on the line, and I, I like how you said safe space because I think black men experience healthcare in the dark. Uh, alone oh, well. too often very well put and so let's let's just let's just put some light on it uh mike how you doing i'm doing pretty good how are you so this is th- i'm good this is personal for me because mike me and mike go way back uh we, we i think we had our first girlfriends together in fifth grade oh, wow. uh, in huntsville alabama <laughs> um uh we we went to college together uh and and mike is a is a is a professional how, how did those relationships end up uh, we are not with either oh, one okay, of those right. particular young ladies. <laughs> great, great women. Make sure, uh, make sure. But fifth grade right. was not. Well, the, sometimes it's not, a, not where you choose. Uh, sometimes a wife. it's love at first sight, and, 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 it, and it matriculates all the way to the end. So, <laughs> so I, uh, Mike is a professional uh, family man. Mm. Uh, I say all that to just to, to paint a picture of a regular guy, right. because what he's going to say you think happens to different to, to different people, Mike. Uh, Tell us Thanks where joining. Be, t- tell us where it began. Um, well, I am a, a run, I've been a runner for a long time. Mm. Uh, started in elementary school, uh, just running, and I, fa- I had a, a coach come in overseas, and he saw that we were playing uh, soccer on a full field, and we were probably like. 12 and we're running up and down the court and he said hey why don't you guys run around this thing four times and that's how we started running um so i was you know a runner over time and ran a marathon my first one and started having problems after that um you know just started having problems with uh balance issues i played a lot of basketball and all of a sudden, I had no balance. I couldn't play basketball, so I just really leaned back on the running. And oh, let, let's let's oh, pause yeah, there for a, just a quick huge. second. So you, right. you noticed the balance issues. Did yes. you walk it off? Did you call somebody? Did. Just hey, did you I tap did. your wife and be like, "This is weird." What 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 was your first reaction? My first reaction was to walk it off. Wow. You're getting older. Um, huh. You're just not who you were. Um, and this is part of growing old. And I'm going to interject because um, part of my Lyme disease, I have Lyme disease and I have mm-hmm. balance issues. And uh, my balance issues keep me from being able to play basketball anymore. And um, I, when I first was getting into 
my battle with Lyme disease, that was one of the first things to go. And I also tried to walk it off. Mm. Yeah, I just figured that, hey, you know, I have some disequilibrium. I'll be fine. You know, if I just have to work out a little bit harder yeah, yeah. And, right. and, and relearn it. And, and that was one of the, the first of, of many serious and, and Lyme disease can be very uh, similar to, to quite a few disorders. And, and balance is one of the first things that went with me. So yeah, I understand what that five. feels like to be, be trying to dribble and to cross someone up. And you just physically don't really know where the ball is. You just don't, exactly. don't really understand it. Yeah. They, they thought I had Lyme disease at first. Interesting. And, uh, hmm. they, uh, so I did exactly what you said. I, I, I had such balance issues. I was twisting my ankle by myself. Same um, here. Mm. Same yeah. exact thing happened to me. Yeah. So I just shook it off and said, well, let me do running. I'm just going to be running in a straight line. Straight line, line. yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so did that marathon. And after that, that's when... I had my first episode, but no one knew what it was. The doctor didn't even know what it was. I um, woke up and left side of my face was like I had a stroke. Mm. So no muscle tension, anything, just everything hanging. Um, okay, so, so is this just, the point where you run to the right, ER you have no choice and yeah. say, yeah, oh yeah, God help me. Okay, all right, all right. And and what makes it even funnier is my healthcare professionals are almost like my family. They're my mm. best friend's brothers. So they're his two brothers mm. are my two healthcare providers. So it's not like they were looking at me as another number. Right. They were really concerned. They're invested so, in your care, which I think is very, before even hearing the rest of the story, Isaac, it's so important to have people that are invested in your care. Yeah. And oh, I know yeah. that you talk about that. You're being a, a, a hospital CEO um, we talk about the importance of having, if it's African-American, it's important for me to have a black doctor. It's important for someone to say, look, I've seen what diabetes does. I've seen what high blood pressure does. I see what, what things that affect your community do. And I'm letting you know while you're in your 40s that you need to do these things so you don't have these issues when you're in your 60s. And I think that's important. That's right. when the, the, the numbers don't lie. When, when most of the doctors are white or non-black, uh, the chances of us... Right. Getting someone that are that is invested in right. CR humanity is less. It, it, it's less. It's less. It so uh, Mike is fortunate right. uh, to, to have the, the family that he has. Absolutely. So Mike, I'm gonna ask you to jump forward. Ultimately, what is the diagnosis? The diagnosis is MS. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the remitting mm -hmm. um, kind that goes and comes and, and worsens over time. And um, but it's not the most aggressive form. No. OK. Not at this point. So and then the, in in my healthcare, my my neurologist was, you know, he didn't look like me. He was a Caucasian, but he was completely different than the other doctors that I dealt with because he didn't just throw medicine at me. He actually Good. said, before I give you any meds, I want to see your disease process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I was impressed so when he critical. did that. Right. Yeah. Treated you like an individual. Yeah. So tell for the audience, because they're, we have a pretty diverse audience. Multiple sclerosis mm -hmm. is such a complex illness. Tell us a little bit about what that entails, what causes it, and uh, what are some of the things that you do to stay healthy? Okay. Well, in short, uh, multiple sclerosis is your own immune system attacking its the body, mm. um, the myelin sheath that covers your nerves. Mm. 
So it eats that and destroys that. And that is the thing that insulates your nerves. So instead of signals traveling down uh, nerve tissue and everything in a regular fashion, it arcs over, it damages the pathways, and it even affects your uh, your brain. So it's it, I, I was diagnosed because they did an MRI finally. And when they saw my MRI, I had white lesions in my brain. And I was only uh, 40... 44 at the time so they were saying you're too young to have that much white matter on your brain so right. otherwise yeah right so it affects your body namely in that sense so it affects everything that's controlled by nerves i had problems swallowing my vision um my balance um walking um it all just stress as stress came matter of fact i got diagnosed right in COVID when it was first jumping off and uh, That's right. That's that right. was stressful. And um, it, it, it just kicked it up a whole nother notch. Sure. Um, yeah. Don't want to be too um, intrusive about family, but how, do, how does it impact your, your career and what you do to put food on the table? Well, it, I was blessed because I'm in healthcare and we had to close our facility because of COVID. So I was off. Okay. Um, for three months and uh, was taken care of by, you know, workman's comp and all that kind of stuff. So I was able to go to the doctor, but it did affect the family in the sense of my wife was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, you're just, you're going through this. I'm trying to support you. She didn't really know what to do. It took time for her to kind of figure out, figure out what to do. It was was pretty intense because it's, You actually have, and I didn't know this at first, it actually deals with your mood. Um, it deals with the way you deal with emotions. Um, I, I had I had noticed that I was very emotional before all this. And I, I was thinking, I'm just getting older, I'm getting emotional. Um, but that was definitely a huge change, and she had to adjust to that. Um, so it, it, it definitely was a learning uh phase where we had to just work it out together so what are some of the things that you're doing to stay healthy as possible because i'm glad to hear that you have the less aggressive form so that's you know uh that's a blessing within itself but what are some of the things that 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 you do to to stay as healthy as possible um as this illness progresses okay well I, you know, I talked to my neurologist and he said with relapsing, remitting MS, he said, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of in the middle. So he said, the first thing is you have to learn how to handle stress because he said stress triggers um, the relapse. Um, So I, he said, don't stop working out, which was crazy. So when I came to him, I could not, I could barely walk. I did a round of steroids IV at the house which completely reversed everything. My eyesight came back all the way. Balance got much better. Um, so he said, when that happens, keep going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I kept running. I kept um, lifting weights. And I kept doing that. So what I do is I stay in the gym. I, I walk. I do all those things. I, I just keep my activity up. Because he was telling me if I don't, then I'll have problems with flexibility and things tightening up. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.